بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد I want to speak to you about two things one is the issue and importance of this of, of having and developing a scientific temperament Alhamdulillah, we listened to a very nice lecture this afternoon uh, on intelligent design and the arguments for it and so on and so forth. Uh, I was in the UK, I was invited in 2015 uh, to deliver the keynote address at the uh, International, uh, the Islamic uh, Education Conference, International Conference on, on Education. Uh, which was a conference for faith-based schools, faith-based education. And uh, this conference, it was in Oxford. So, since I was there for that, I wanted to see, I, I went to see two um, famous British schools about which I have spoken on my, in my lectures on the Tarrant Academy. So, one was Gordonston in Inverness in Scotland and the other one was uh, in England itself in London uh, called JCOS Academy. Uh, JCOS stands for uh, Jewish Secondary School, Jewish, uh, what is it, J-C-O-S-S. -S. Uh, it's, it's, it's a Jewish school and it's the it's a secondary school. So it's a very upmarket school, both of them. Uh, Gordonston is where Prince Charles and his uh, sister studied and his sister's daughter Zara studied there and so on. Uh, so, very uh, very high mark, up, up market schools and not just because of the market, because these are two very influential schools. So, in JCOS Academy, we had an interesting um, encounter which I want to share with you. We first, we were welcomed by two teachers, uh, a male and a female teacher myself and my wife, the man, uh, male teacher, he shook my hand and uh, he just bowed to my wife. He didn't shake her hand. And the lady, she shook my wife's hand and she didn't shake my hand. So I asked her, I said, it's very interesting. I see you doing this. Uh, what's the reason? The, the lady said, for the same reason, you won't do it. So I said, that's very interesting. I didn't realize that we had this thing common. Uh, with Judaism. She said, yes, you have this in common with Judaism. She said, we have many things in common with Judaism. So, that was one. Uh, and and we'll, we learned many things, including we were invited to, uh, we, we went to the principal's, uh, let me be sequential. So, we went to the principal's uh, office. That was the plan for the day. We went to the principal's office. We said, we'll have tea with the principal. And then uh, we would go around the school. So, we were having tea with the principal. To my uh, great surprise, I discovered that the principal of the Jewish school was a Christian priest. Uh, he was an Anglican priest. So, while we were having tea, uh, he said to me, it's interesting you are here for this conference. Uh, we have, uh, we share the same problem that we cannot uh, teach uh, Darwin's theory and Darwinism. So, I said, well, um, I don't want to disappoint you, but I said, we have no problem teaching Darwin's theory. 
So you look very surprised. I said, how do you mean? I mean, you, you mean in an Islamic school you can teach Darwin's theory? I said, of course. Why can't you teach Darwin's theory? He said, but uh, isn't Darwinism against Islam? So I said, you are talking about two things, two different things. You are talking about Darwinism and you are talking about Darwin's theory. So which one are we talking about? He said, what do you mean? I said, an ism is an idea, is an ideology. And ism is a religion. Hinduism, Judaism, right? Christianity is not called, but, but it, otherwise it would be called Christianism or Christism. Sikhism, Hinduism, communism. And ism is an ideology. To teach Darwin's theory as something to believe in, as an ideology, as a theology, obviously we would not do that. But to teach Darwin's theory as a theory, meaning that here was this man Charles Darwin, and I say we don't, we don't abuse him, we don't call him a fool and so on and so forth. Anyone calling Charles Darwin a fool is a bigger fool. Because he doesn't even understand the basis of scientific theory. Charles Darwin did a very, very great favor to all of humanity that he gave us a baseline to talk about. If Charles Darwin had not uh, done his, uh, his travels on his ship and his research and if he hadn't published that book, we were not, what were we talking about before that? Nothing. So he gave us a, a baseline to understand, to try to understand the world. So first and foremost, we have to be very thankful that somebody was there in this world who did that. The fact that there are some problems with this theory, of course, he was human. Did he, was he, did he say he was God? He didn't say he's God. He's human. So therefore, there will be problems with this theory. So what? Big deal. So I said to teach Darwin's theory as a theory, there is absolutely no problem. To teach Darwin's theory as a religion, obviously we have a problem. He was silent for a few seconds and he said, you know, that's the first time I have heard that argument in that light. He said, I never thought of it like that. He said, Alhamdulillah, we good. Let's, you know, spread the light. Now, there are two, uh, like I said, uh, I was saying somebody, when Darwin postulated his theory, there were counter theories also at the time. Those counter theories are, are there even today for those who want to research. The issue is, like any theory or any religion, take for example, we say we talk about the, how many mazhabs do we talk about in, in Islam? How many mazhabs? Four, right? How many? The, what are they? Shafi'i, Hanafi, Maliki, Hambari. What about Jahili? <laughs> Four mazhabs, right? What about Imam Al-Awzai? Have you heard of, about somebody, have you heard of somebody called Imam Al-Awzai? Imam al-Awza'i had a mazhab called the Zahiri mazhab. And Imam al-Awza'i is an imam of the same stature as Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Shafi'i and so on. Including for the fact that even today there are many fatawa and many uh, rulings of Imam al-Awza'i which are taken and accepted even in the other mazhabs you know, on different issues. But where are the Zahiri people? Have you ever heard anybody saying, I am Zahiri? No. So similarly, Sufyan Thauri. You heard about Sufyan Thauri, Ramatullah? Another, another great Imam. So there are, the issue is that just because 
something becomes popular, it does not necessarily mean that that is the only truth. The, the only truth is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's khalaf. Other than that, there is no the only truth. There are various reasons why some people get prominence and some people do not get prominence. Even though those other people who did not get prominence were worthy of prominence. The same thing happened with Darwin and other people. So also the Big Bang theory and the steady state theory. Najam, Professor Najam, yesterday he mentioned, Najam Bilgram, he mentioned about this steady state theory. Now, with the steady state theory, with Islamic theology, there is a fundamental issue. Uh, but I think I have, the, I have the solution to that. The fundamental issue with the, the steady state theory is that uh, it didn't begin and it, didn't, and it will not end. Creation never began and it will not end. Uh, it is expanding. But because it's expanding, it's not leaving a hole in the middle. There's no vacuum there. Uh, constantly new material is being created. So therefore, it, it is not going to... Because the, the Big Bang, the obvious, uh, the obvious logical progression has to result in the energy which is producing the expansion uh, will end at some point and therefore the then the gravitational forces will take over and everything will come back down to what is what they, uh, the, the, the term they use is big crunch so everything will come down and there's there's total annihilation the uh, a small um, example of the big crunch is the black hole it's called what's a what's a black hole black hole is where gravity is so concentrated that even light cannot escape so everything becomes, it completely comes inside and, you know, gets uh, apparently annihilated. I mean, nobody has been in one, so we don't know what happens. But the point is this. So, whereas in the steady state theory, with the problem, the, the theological problem with the steady state theory uh, is that something which has no beginning and no end is a attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything else has a beginning and an end. And I believe my solution to that is, that we don't we don't say steady state theory is describing Allah. We are saying steady state theory describes a method which by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the universe. And my understanding of this, uh, you know, continuously uh, matter being produced is that Allah didn't say, I created and I stopped creating. Right? I created until the 20th of October 1955. After that, I'm not doing it. Allah didn't say that. Wahual alim, the ayat of at the tail end of, uh, of Surah Al Yasin. Khallaq is what? He's the one who continuously creates. So, Allah Point I want to make here is this that whenever you look at theories and when you look at theories from an Islamic perspective, please understand two things. First and foremost, never look down on any knowledge. Looking down on knowledge is a sign of ignorance. Only ignorant people look down on knowledge. People who, who understand knowledge are always amazed by the work of others. They respect that work. They may not necessarily agree with it. That's no problem with that. But they respect that work because you, whatever the work, as I told you, Darwin did a great favor to, the, to, the, to, the, to all of humanity by postulating a theory because it gives us some point to start at. Right? So, that applies to anything. Anybody has done... I'm talking about research-based, I'm not talking about mythology, I'm talking about research-based scientific uh, work. Every single work has value and every single work must be respected for what it is. And never, never talk down about it. Second thing is that, uh, also realize that just because something has provenance, it doesn't necessarily mean that is the truth. No, it just means that it, it, it got provenance for various reasons. I mean, some reasons are political. Some Somebody postulates a theory and because this person has got... And this is exactly what happened with, with Charles Darwin had... Uh, very good political connections. 
he was in the upper class and therefore he had a lot of political action therefore he got a lot of you know visibility and he was invited to speak here and speak there and so on and so forth so he that's how he got very popular the thing to marvel now come to that now darwinism according to me darwinism therefore i've got a big problem with this darwinism so therefore darwinism to me is not theology i don't accept it as that i accept i accept that as a theory alhamdulillah somebody can say that this chair is the original form out of which the whole universe emerged with that if he has you know <laughs> documentary evidence to prove that uh, then i am sitting in the center of the universe because i'm sitting on this chair uh, that's a, i got no problem with somebody saying something like that my issue with darwin's theory i got two fundamental issues first fundamental issue is now islamically speaking we have no quarrel with darwin's theory of natural selection which means that the species uh, most suitable to survive survive that's logic why would anybody have any problem with that if somebody was something was not suitable to survive it died and so if it died it didn't reproduce so the genes that were carried forward were the genes which uh, promoted a, a certain form and therefore that is what became dominant that's natural uh, that is uh, the the theory of uh, natural selection uh, also the theory of adaptation which says that certain features of uh, animals or birds uh, got uh, you know they 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 got emphasized because of the environment external environmental condition so i mean uh, something got a longer beak or something got uh, a longer neck or a finer beak and so on and so forth because of the kind of food they were eating and so and so on and this again you got uh, no islamically there's no problem with that islamically our problem lies with Uh, the issue of the transmutation of species to say that uh, originally something was uh, you know was a mouse and the mouse became uh, a dog and the dog became an elephant and the elephant became a man or you know, whatever you know originally were chimpanzees and chimpanzees became gorillas and gorillas became uh, mirza yawar beg i mean you know they, they, they <laughs> so these are uh, uh, that's where we have a problem and islamically of course we have a problem because we believe in creation but even logically thinking if i am going to argue that this was an original form and this is a final form so there was the original form was a uh, sakivinki monkey and the final form is uh, uh, since he's sitting right in front of in front of me here uh, ismail bhai so therefore we've got two ends of this uh, spectrum right uh, then logically there have to be intermediary forms no i mean if you if if you, this is the theory that this is where it started this is the final uh, product uh, then there should be something which is uh, partly this and partly that no i mean there should be various stages of this which should be visible in the world to say that here is something which is uh, sakivinki monkey with a you know sh- shorter tail and here is where the tail disappears and here is where it start getting a beard and that's where it becomes a professional photographer i mean all of this <laughs> you know the, uh, the 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 trail should be there the fact is there is no trail so if you are saying that human being human kind was uh, first monkeys and now they are human beings there has to be the, that's where the yeti uh, concept came the, the abominable snowman and the you know, the fact is there is no trail and this and this is darwin is not saying this only about people he is saying this about all kinds of species now where are the intermediary forms there aren't any so if there are no intermediary forms then how do you log- how do you logically say that something started from here and then it became something else and uh, then but there are no intermediary forms what's the logic for that there is no logic for that 
Second thing to me, which is the bigger proof of this whole thing, and, and to me that's the, the culminating proof of uh, creation as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the creator, is the amount of time. Now, uh, Group Captain Saab's uh, lecture, I think he explained this time concept of creation very nicely. If we are going to say that the earth started at a certain point in time, that so many billion years ago, at that point in time, obviously no life could exist because it was a ball of fire. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent water and there was rain and then this ball of fire cooled and that took a few million years or a couple of billion years. And then it got to a point where it could possibly support life. And then the first life forms would have been bacteria of some kind, single cell, uh, you know, animals. Uh, and then they evolved from there uh, into, uh, even before that, there was carbon and carbon involved into amino acids and amino acids evolved into proteins and proteins involved into single cell animals and the single cell animals then uh, became progressively more and more complex and so on, so on, so on. Now, if you take the time span that is required, and this is a measurable thing, if you take, if you take, a, you can create an, exa a, an ex experiment, a reaction in the laboratory to create pure carbon, uh, you know, from lightning and so on to create pure carbon and see uh, how long does it take you. That experiment will not end because you will end before that experiment. Because the, if you take the, if you extrapolate the numbers, the time it takes from this carbon to amino acid to protein to single cell to uh, more complex, that time is longer than the time the earth has been around. The, the numbers simply don't match. So if you are saying that this whole period takes, for example, 4 billion years, the earth has been there for only 2 billion years. So the, the, the numbers just don't match. So there is no way that <coughs> this theory of <coughs> saying accidentally, and quite apart from the fact I mean, to, to claim that accidentally, we have today this absolutely amazing gamut of species of all kinds of things, of insects or birds or mammals or of amphibians and so on and so forth, of grasses, of, of plants. and I mean, to say that all of this is an accident is complete nonsense. I mean, I think that is an accident. That's complete nonsense. So, therefore, we don't throw Darwin out of the window. We develop a scientific mindset, which is we argue, we argue on the basis of logic. We argue on the basis of probability. We argue on the basis of measurements. Third and final thing, which is, and this is a uh, group captain, so I'm not saying that he was doing it. He wasn't doing it, but I'm saying this is a usual trap we fall into, which is that we take a theory and then we go and look around and find one ayat in the Quran and we say, see, therefore. Now that is, first of all, you are taking a theory. As I told you, every theory by definition, there are two kinds of knowledge. There is revealed knowledge and there is learned knowledge, which is discovery and so on and so forth. There is a fundamental difference between these two kinds of knowledge. Revealed knowledge, which is the Quran, is static. What Allah said, Allah said. Khalas. Some of it may be logically understandable. Some of it may not be logically understandable. That doesn't mean it is false. It just means that we have not reached that level of understanding yet. We do not have the ability and the intelligence and, and the knowledge to understand that. But we accept it as this is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla. Allah said, وَالصُّبْهِ إِذَا تَنَفُّسِ He said, when the morning breathes. What does it mean? The morning breathes? There are several, many ayat of, of mutashabihat in the Quran like this, which are 
in today's time ununderstandable for example allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said i have created all living things from water today we think i oh, yeah, yeah, very right see this is what allah said think about the quran when the quran was revealed when did this uh, when did this ayat come it came in the middle of the black rocks of makkah allah is saying i have created every living thing from water how, how believable is that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this uh, the embryonic development Today we say, yeah, yeah, CCC proof. Well, what CCC? Until the microscope was invented, nobody could see this. Could you see the, the, the actual fertilization process of millions of sperms being released and one sperm, you know, winning that race? I mean, there are people today in this world where you have to go and, go and say to him, well, I mean, the, the only race you won was the race I wish you hadn't won. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the point is that that is became visible only after the micro until then so now the sahaba when they were reading this ayat what did they say they say what we should say with regard to what we don't understand this is a lesson for us to say alhamdulillah what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said is true and even though we don't understand it it doesn't matter this is a word of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we believe allah therefore we believe the kalam of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so, revealed knowledge is static. Revealed knowledge is one time. It has been revealed. That's it. No argument about it. No experiment about it. And so on and so forth. And it will not change. What Allah has said, Allah has said. This is not going to change. Discovery knowledge, that is human knowledge through, you know, our own efforts. The beauty of it. Please understand this. This is a very big mistake we make, especially Muslims. We mock the language of discovery. For example, one of the one of the set of people we constantly are bad talking are doctors. But the doctor ko kya walo? Tuare baap ko jata walo, uske double walo. Huh? Then tagli bhi to kahi jaate doctor ke paas mat jao. This is very very bad attitude, right? Now, medical science or any science for that matter is in a constant state of flux. It's in a constant state of development. So today medical science knows this much. Tomorrow, because new instruments will be, be will be invented, new methodologies, new chemicals, new uh, things, this medical knowledge will expand. They will know more. Now that does not mean now we say, you know, all those doctors in the past, they were all a bunch of idiots. What, what attitude is that? This is a very bad attitude. I find this a lot with Muslims, especially with religious Muslims. Please get out of this nonsense. This is absolute rubbish. We respect all knowledge because all knowledge comes from Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the fundamental fount of every conceivable form of knowledge. Whether it is the knowledge of the Quran, or whether it's the knowledge of medical science, or whether it's, whether it's knowledge of astronomy, or, or, or aeronautics, or mining, or whatever, the fundamental source is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. So when you're acknowledging some knowledge, you are actually acknowledging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge. So nothing to will, you know, uh, bad about or anything. We should learn these things. Not everybody has to become a doctor and engineer and everything else together. No, but at the same time, have respect for the fact that here is somebody who has this knowledge. Alhamdulillah. So when knowledge is developing, naturally there will be a theory today and tomorrow this theory will be disproved. 
Now the theory is disproved. This does not mean that the original originator of this theory was a, was an idiot. He had no brains and he was stupid. No, 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 no. It just means now that people have more knowledge and we are thankful to the origin original originator of the of some theory that he gave us a baseline from which to develop this. Because before that we were at zilch. We didn't even we weren't even thinking in that direction. Here is someone who gave us the baseline to start from. So this applies to all theories. But by definition, therefore, theories change over time. Theories are supposed to change over time. Now, if you take, if you try to bridge this gap in this particular way, which is to say, here is a theory, therefore, here is an ayat in the Quran. Believe me, that theory tomorrow will change. It has to change. That is the nature of that kind of, of that kind of knowledge. Now, then, what will you do with the ayat of the Quran? What do you want to do with that? The ayat of the Quran is the ayat of the Quran. That's not going to change. This is exactly what happened with the with Christians and their theology. They had the Bible. And of course the Bible they had, what they eventually ended up with uh, in the Middle Ages, because that's the time period we're talking about, uh, is really, was, was already they had changed it for various reasons. They had introduced things and so on and so forth. And in the Middle Ages, when scientific uh, temperament got a boost, before that, they, they hang they hang Galileo because he talked about gravity. So science was uh, you know dangerous to health. But when there was a, when scientific temperament got a boost, the first thing that happened was religion got thrown out of the window because they said this makes no sense. Now Islam, we don't have that problem because Islam makes sense because we don't fall into this trap. We should not fall into this trap. The thing that the West did very very. Uh, effectively was that after the collapse of the Muslim uh, empires and almost uh, almost entirely we are talking about Andalusia and we are talking about Baghdad uh, in the at the time of the Abbasis which uh, which uh, Hulegu uh, wiped out and the Baitul Hikmah and so on. So we are talking about that period. We are not talking about the period before that. So when we are talking about that period, what the uh, Christians did, the Christian states in, in uh, Europe, uh, they annihilated or they tried to annihilate, annihilate and in Spain they actually managed to do that. They, they removed uh, Islam, but they took the knowledge of the Muslims. Uh, this is a very important and interesting thing and it's very different from what we do. We throw out the knowledge and we, we say, You must say, I don't know, I, I, don't, I, I would love to give some galis, but I don't want to do it. The Christians did not do that. According to the Christians, you were infidels. What is the Arabic word for infidel? Kafir. So according to the Christians, you were kufar. They did not say kafir. They said, no, 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 you kill the kafir, no problem, but take the knowledge. They took the knowledge, they used that knowledge and today they are flying while we are talking about flying. All we can say is, Ibn Sinna, who they called Avicenna, because they couldn't pronounce the word, or they didn't want to pronounce the word, but they, we say Ibn Sinna did this and they, he, he invented these medical instruments and his uh, book on medicine was taught, we say very proudly, was taught for so many centuries in Europe. Did you stop to think, why was it taught? Why did they just burn it? Why did they even keep the name of Ibn Sinna alive? Because Ibn Sinna's name, believe me, is not alive in our Madaris and Darululums. His kitab was not taught in any madrasa. His kitab was taught in the, in the, in the universities of, uh, of Europe. <coughs> when Imam al-Ghazali was alive, Imam al-Ghazali was, was alive in around 10, uh, 1040 or 1050. 
Oxford University was already there for 50 years. Oxford was established in 1000. The treatment of knowledge, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Knowledge is knowledge, knowledge must be respected. Only then will you learn from it. So I think this is a, uh, I thought this is important for us to, <clears throat> to reflect on and uh, not to go away thinking that, oh, we see, we are so smart. You are not smart. You are very, very stupid because if you were smart, you would be running the, they take the, take the entire presentation that uh, group captains have made. There was not one single Muslim, Muslim name in it. You notice that obviously, right? Why? Allah created the creation for us to marvel over it. And some of the things that I marvel over are not even from evolution. I am saying, for example, the peregrine falcon, when it is diving, it weighs about a kilo, the, the female weighs more than the male. When it's diving, it's traveling at a speed of 250 miles an hour. <clears throat> at that speed, if one feather goes out of line, when, when it is uh, the wing feathers, if it, 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 it um, you know, folds its wings like, it's like, like clockwork. If you see the, the, the photography of it and so on, this is, this is, this is uh, technology. This is what Allah has given us. If you, if you take, a, if you look at the slow motion photography of that, it, it's like a, like a switch. The, the wings click, click like this, almost like click. You can almost hear the, there's no, you, there's no click to hear, but you, you can hear, your ear will say, there is a click. Now, if one feather goes out of line, the entire wing of the bird will get ripped off. At that speed of dive, the whole wing will go. Now, when the falcon is learning to fly, who's teaching it that? There's no mother falcon saying, now fold your wing properly. No. The mother falcon kicks it out of the, out of the nest. I mean, the rest of it is, you know, who teaches it? Second thing is, that at that speed of dive, if that thing hits the prey full force, the falcon also will die. The impact will be so massive that there will be an explosion of feathers and both are dead. So, who teaches it to then control that speed? So, it hits it with just enough force to kill it, but not kill itself. Or it swipes it, literally with one claw, it just hooks one claw and then this other bird is... Is breakfast. Right? Now, they, these are the things, if you, if you, especially if you look at nature, and say, how does this thing, whole thing work? That's why I love photographing small birds. In Vilpatu, in the, the National Park in Sri Lanka, there's a profusion of small birds. And many of them are ground nesting birds. Larks and so on. So, they're nesting on the ground. Little bird like that. I mean, it's like, it's a smaller than a sparrow. It has zero defenses. Except, you know, some level of camouflage. It's pretty good camouflage if you are a human being watching. But if you are a monitor lizard, it's not particularly great camouflage because if I'm a monitor lizard. I, mean, I have different kinds of eyes. I've got my tongue with which I, which I smell and sense and so on. And there's a profusion of monitor lizards also in Rilpato. But the lacks are not an endangered species. They are, they are, they are uh, nesting, they are breeding, they are multiplying and so on and all the monitor lizards in the world, like, you know, they, they don't have the luck. Monitor lizards eat lucks. They eat luck uh, chicks and they eat luck uh, eggs and monitor lizards are also thriving. Now, these are the things to think about and marvel at the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakam Allah khairam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.